informative, thought-provoking, factually correct. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to This Podcast is None of Those Things, starring Brian and Elliot. Coming to you from the Dirty Dina studio in Pasadena, Texas, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to This Podcast is None of Those Things. It's me, Brian. I'm here with Elliot, and we've got our boy Alan here once again, doing a whole little series here with Alan. Fellas, how we doing? Wonderful, myself. Doing good, doing good. Alan? Doing wonderful, man. It's, oh, it's right. been a good uh, couple of episodes here, so recently, uh, I think like, I think now last Saturday, uh, we actually went to a UFC event, and uh, it was a good experience, you know, uh, you get in there, park your car in the garage... Then I have to pay for parking. I got so wasted. I had like five <laughs> cups of wine and one beer. Five cups of five wine? Five cups of Well, like, I've gone there before and they give you like a big cup, you know, and it was like, it was like probably a cup half this size of this DQ. Oh, jeez. So I was like, you know, you had to pound some. So, oh, man. you know, Brian's like, yeah, you, you're a little white girl. And it's like, well. <laughs> no, what, what kind of wine were you drinking? Well, I, it was. Uh, you did Rose, that Zinfandel, didn't you? I got oh. some uh, rosé and some uh, Chardonnay. Oh, so. <laughs> man. Oh, uh, man. That's that, um, you're hanging out with too many of those young white girls. Yeah. But, I mean, you're, you're a tennis player, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. I, I like to keep it light, you know? Yeah, why do like you it. have a sweater tied around your shoulders like, right now? Look, yeah, he's, he's thinking of spritzers now. He, even though, the yeah, mouses, those, those No, 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 hold on. That new game. No, you don't get to talk in his mouth. <laughs> Mr. Fruity Drink. <laughs> Man, the essence of wine is a fruity drink. It's made from grapes. So yeah, that uh, that whole event was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys were talking. We we were taking a little break, and you guys were talking about the um, Dark Side of the Ring, the Vice series. It's a good series, by the way. Highly recommend to anybody who you don't even have to be a big wrestling fan. It's These good. are amazing documentaries about just some of the terrible things that have happened in the wrestling world. And, yeah. you know, you guys are talking about the Brian Pillman one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, and Brian Pillman was significant for me because, I mean, back in the day when he was coming up, he was literally, um, this guy started in NWA, WCW. And I was equal parts both w- NWA, WCW, as well as WWF, WWE. So, so I was really a fan of his. Yeah, and uh, of course, it's about his backstory being having been a former NFL player, and a legitimately good one that for transferred over into the, into professional wrestling. And he was a high flyer before high flying this cruiserweight division thing that now WWE has present day. Yeah, they that didn't exist back then, but he was doing all those things that those guys these guys are doing now. He was doing that back then. Plus the personality, he was big as life, right? Uh, when he came to WWE from WCW. And of course, I'm pretty sure uh, Bischoff was one of Bischoff's poor decisions. <laughs> like, because there was a, he was one of a number of talented, going into the prime WCW, NWA talent, that if they, NWA and WCW had held on to them, like just Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mark Calloway, who became The Undertaker, and also Big Show. They had just stayed. Yeah. We're talking about the, the history of wrestling as we know it the last 25, 30 years. 
is different. We like to talk about the people who jumped from WWE to WCW once that big money was there. We don't talk about the people who went from WCW to WWE before all those changes happened, too. Right, exactly. And so Bill Fell fell into that. You know, just when all that happened, ultimately, a series of bad events happened in Bill Fell's life. Ultimately, he dies, and the rest is in. The Dark Side of the Ring tells about all the stuff that yeah. led to his demise. And it was a sad story. But, you know, and on the other side of the coin, the part that was that was that was really like a hit for me was also seeing about his his I'm a dad now, obviously, and, I, and seeing his son grapple with the fact that he was becoming an adult, becoming a man yeah. and not having his dad there. And now he's doing what his dad did. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, wow. Well, like even his even even his understanding of the business as a child, you know, when Pillman Jr. is sitting there, you know, in, in the living room with his family mourning, and he's like, this this is a work. Like, my my, my dad is still alive somewhere, and this cam- there's a camera somewhere here. I gotta hug the family, and then the camera's gonna move on to the next segment. You know, they're gonna come, zoom in, whatever. And, like, that part is, like, to have that much understanding of what the business is, but also, like, to not fully grasp, like, that what just happened, you know, it's, like, so... So confusing for a, for a child, yeah. And, see, and I'm glad that they explained, because I remember the interview that Vince McMahon did with Brian's widow. Mm-hmm. And at the time that that happened, I didn't like it. Yeah, I was like, why in the world are we talking to her? That was, that was the thing for me. I was like, there's there, was, there had never really been a legitimate spouse interview ever I'd ever witnessed in pro wrestling, be it WCWA, NWA, or WWE at the time. And, like, with Pillman always breaking the fourth wall, you're like, this has got to be one of those work things where it's like, oh, he's still trying to break the fourth wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, and so for Vince to do that, I didn't feel that was necessary. I mean, and it's one of those things that, like, you hear you hear different stories. We've heard all sorts of different stories about Vince, the, the, the nice, contrite guy, but also the jackass. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's, it's almost to the point that he's equal part. Who are you calling a jackass? <laughs> like, well, I had know. to throw a Vinnie Mac invitation in there. It wasn't a very good one that time, but but you see, you get what I'm saying, right? Because yeah. in fact, then when they said that she had to ask him specifically, do not ask yeah. me about, and he, and he goes out and does it anyway. And like, I, I was listening to uh, Conrad Thompson's uh, Dark Side of the Ring podcast. I think they're going to start a, another version. So Conrad's doing business. Um, they, they talked with the producers and they're like, you know, we didn't feel that it was crude. As, it, would, it could be like a the first warning, you know, like a spouse talking to other spouses or even like, you know, talent themselves to be like, we know what you do on the road. You know what your habits are. You got to try to control those because you could, you know, there's Pillman's not the last person who, who died like this. You know, it's it's a repeating occurrence so maybe it, it, it is a bad taste interview mm-hmm. but there could also be like a, another side to why mm-hmm. why approach it right because because you look at that like since then we're talking about like eddie guerrero yeah. we're talking about um benoit yeah you know and a list of other guys that just like they're off ring out, out of the ring demons caught up with them yeah right and and folk didn't know what was going on until it was too late. Yeah. And they didn't know and they didn't know what to do with it once it happened. 
And it's interesting that you saw how emotional Jim Ross was. I give him credit. The credit that obviously Vince will not get. He he owned his mistake about what how he would have handled it differently. How he should have handled it. Said like I failed in this. I failed in this. I failed in this. But like he didn't sugarcoat it. Didn't try to be like, well, what had happened was no. It's like no, I well, like and and Vince is the owner of the company, but. At that point in time, Jr. was the the guy signing the the guys, so mm. they were like that. That was his roster. That was his team of, of eventual players, you know. So he he definitely has a strong attraction attraction to those to those guys. Mm-hmm. And so, in ultimately, in the end, it was this is going to sound so superficial, but how much dramatically? How about the what what grief does to a person? The dramatic difference between Brian's widow when it had initially had happened. Yeah. And then all the years that came afterwards, yeah. At the time of the interview for the show, it was like it was like differences night and day. Yeah, we all take a uh, wrong turn in life here and there, and you know, before you know it, sometimes you you spend a lot of money, you, you blow through a lot of stuff. You know, I don't want to say she did that, but you know, whenever you don't take care of the people that are dependent of you. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can jump to certain conclusions, and luckily, you know, that Pillman aunt. Jr., Pillman Jr., and and that stepmom, this is stepmom, right? Cause, the aunt, it was the aunt. The well, aunt. The, the, the aunt took, takes care of them, and, you know, that's, I, I love seeing that, seeing Aunt Linda. Yeah. yeah. That that family connection was, was real genuine, and it was like one of those um, heartfelt um, mm-hmm. moments after that second hour, once Pillman dies, you see all the... The wrong turns that happen, mm-hmm. um, the the abusive uh, yeah. stepdad that came in, yeah, and all the things that like they, they, those kids went through hell. Yeah. I mean, it, like it was kind of like kind of like one of those little, it was a unintended endorsement of like if you're married and you just got a little bit of issues that you can fix, just to y'all fix those and keep the family together because once 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 that breaks up, it's a roll of the dice. You have no idea what you're gonna be dealing yeah. with after that. That's so true. I mean. With uh, Pillman Jr., like, you know, not having that father figure in his life, you know, whenever he was given that interview and said he didn't have uh, someone to, to throw a baseball or a football with, like, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, kick a ball with, you know, like, that's that's real deep whenever whenever there's a lot of children that, that do live like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so another, I, don't, I saw the episode of Dark Side of the Ring that came after that, which had them... Bischoff had the novel idea of taking Ric Flair oh, and Road Warrior yes. Hawk and Two Cold Scorpio Ken Norton to North Korea. Yes, that because because they because because that that's back in the mid nineties when WCW was trying to make that push because the because they brought it up and it, it was true. As popular as WCW was, they had never had a big draw to a stadium like WWE did. Well, like, WWE was the draw. You get, like, you say WWE's name, and 300,000 people show up, active, ready to go, that pop. Yeah. WCW, that wasn't it. And it, it, they did well in the stadium, but not like that. Think, like, Rockstar, uh, uh, The Police, Rolling Stones, like, versus... WWE had to turn down people. WCW was lucky if they... Had a sellout or whatever at whatever arena they were right at right. that point. Right. Go ahead and 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 so then so then what they brought up in the show was the fact of how they the business like this would be a 
and the opportunity because the goal were there. And this is back whenever there was Kim Jong Un, his father, his, his dad, his dad, the, the, Kim Il Sung, yes. maybe. Anyway, the, yeah, the, the grandpappy. Yeah. yeah. So they're like so. And the difference, what I liked about the show, this episode, is that they actually explained who some of the major players were. Yeah. Well, like Antonio Anoki. Yeah. Or, or the, he was the guy that, and I always wondered, was he the guy that Muhammad Ali did the MMA match with um, back in the 70s? And then he was. Yeah. And the reason, that, reason why that's significant is because if you talk to most MMA people in the, in the circles, they talk about that that match actually was the match that launched MMA. Yeah, like because prior to that there was boxing. You had karate tournaments. You had taekwondo tournaments. You had this, but you never had you know. But if you ever wondered if a boxer fought a wrestler, what would happen, right? And well, the that, wrestler wins. Did you not watch Rocky? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Thunderlips just beats the crap out of Rocky Balboa. Yeah, and so it was. So so the fact that they actually like confirmed. That, that that actually did happen, <laughs> and then Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali was there. But for, for bringing that to twenty years later, yeah. Ali is there as part of that major event. But this is the part of that. The reason why they, they did fill out three hundred thousand people at the stadium, but most of them didn't want to be there. They were forced to be like, you either go there or you die. <laughs> it was like, yeah. They, so of course, like the, the dictatorship of North Korea was like, if if you don't go. Um, you're going to get a bullet in the head because that's what they asked, like, one of the, the, I don't know if it was one of the road warriors or whatever. They're like, why are all these people walking, walking to the stadium? And the cab driver's like, they don't want to go. They have to go. So it's like, wow, one of those things where it's like, we get a choice to go. So that said, you know, when Vince McMahon watches that, you know, he's like, I should have done that movie. five years ago. We could have had Roman Reigns getting all the cheers. <laughs> well, and the thing was, um, because all the people were forced to go, there wasn't that enthusiasm. enthusiasm. But, I mean, also, most of these people had never seen something like this, so they don't know what to expect. They don't know how to express themselves. And, of course, the only person they cheered for was Antonio Inoki. So, <laughs> and the why the they're like, there's one guy here who looks like us. Yeah, right? but, yeah. but, 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 but they explained the North Korean tie-in because yeah. Antonio Inoki, when he was starting in professional wrestling, his trainer was a North Korean uh, trainer and who had hid his North Korean legacy, you know, his origin. And and it was the, um, Yakuza. the Yakuza that found out and they assassinated him. But that, he was like, the dude was literally... During the end of his career, anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was. Yeah. So that whole deal, and so, but the reason why, but the North Koreans knew of that tie-in. The North Koreans knew, knew, knew of that tie-in, and that's what made him so popular. And of course, then there was Ric Flair. You know, being they didn't know who Ric Flair was. Yeah. But, but they saved that match for as the main event for the night. Yeah. But also the fact is that I don't know who let it out of the bag that Hulk Hogan was Bischoff's first choice. Before he oh asked Ric Flair, right. I was like, "Who dropped that ball?" I mean, <laughs> like, I would never. There's no one in the world I'd have let that. Like, I would have asked. This goes to show why Bischoff would always be a B player compared to Vince. Vince would have asked Ric Flair and Hogan at the same time. Yeah. That way, then neither one of them would have been able to say, no. "I got asked first. Yeah. Nah. Uh. See, that's how Vince would have played it. Bischoff did it like you know old old southern boy style like huh, let me go ahead and ask well, like, and the, the first denial and all that stuff like that right and the thing with what Bischoff was saying like uh 
with the thing that Bischoff was saying, the relationship WCW had with New Japan back in the day, WCW squandered that and, you know, they had to play catch up and do favors. Mm. So with this one event, it was kind of on the down low. I mean, they didn't tell anybody here in the United States they were going or apparently that's what they said on the, the show. Mm. So these guys flew to Japan and then in Japan... They took some makeshift plane to North Korea. Yeah, so it was a military transport plane yeah. that was made to look like a commercial, plane, and it was not. There's nothing commercial about it. <laughs> you imagine these big ass wrestlers imagine strapping Rick into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was not a jet plane flying. He was cargo plane flying. Yes, right. and, and, then, <laughs> and, then, and he see how he was. He was kiss stealing, but then they were trying to go with him to defect. Yeah, <laughs> and in fact, they kind of they, they gave Ken Norton the business. Just he was just trying to call his wife because because the way because we're talking about Bischoff, not Vince Bischoff. You know, he's had the guys. They even registered the flight with the State Department. So basically, if stuff went down wrong, they were on their own yeah. because you didn't clear it with the State Department, right? Because the wrestlers didn't have a chance to really tell the families where they were going and what they were doing. And so Ken is trying to explain to his wife what's going on, and then the the and was, this is North Korea, not the United States. So they don't North Korea doesn't hide the fact that they listen to your conversations. And so they were assuming that Ken Norton was about to like talk bad about North Korea, and they cut off his conversation with his wife. I'm like, that's really going to go Rick, well. well. Rick Flair kisses the wrong general's da- daughter, and all of a sudden <laughs> he's in a North Korean prison. Oh god! We got to wait 20 years for Dennis Rodman to come around and let get him get him out. That would be a story, huh? Back to WCW. Wow, wow. what? That would be a heck of a story. <laughs> But so <laughs> then you get the fact of like the, the, the show how how Bischoff really wasn't wasn't aware. He just struck me as a guy that socially was unaware about a lot of things. Yeah. All right. Him jogging through Ping, Pyongyang, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm just you're not. Asking. You're, you're asking, asking for it. Like you're asking to disappear. <laughs> like like they don't like you, and you're running down the middle of the street, and you're and nobody knows who, who you are. Eric, so like you disappear, you're a blip, like, uh, like you know. And, I mean, isn't he really a blip anyway? Yeah. Well, um, um, this is before he made that good money. Yeah, that was early in his career. Yeah. So he would have been a blip, like, like just slightly above me, not way above me, like now. Like folk actually would care now, but like then, no. All right, and I'm not. I still love myself, <laughs> but that's just not where I am. I just that's just not where I am. Um, so. The, so there you go with Bishop doing that. Uh, did you notice that they finally let Ken Norton let it be known what Hawk had going on health wise? Yeah, you know that at the time I didn't even know. I never knew. But so when 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 Hawk committed suicide years later, you know, just like that was just man depressed. Didn't know that it, like he had hepatitis C. Oh, yeah, and yeah. like and he had that at the time of he was in North Korea. You know. And any of those hips is not good for your body at all. So I'm like, I'm like, doggone. And uh, Cannon talked about how much he, because Hawk and Scorpio had gotten into a fight in the bus. And Cannon said, Hawk, without hep C in his prime, destroyed Scorpio. Said, Hawk was a shell of himself at the time of the North Korean. Yeah. 
man, it's, it's such a wild thing that happened right there. And like, you know, uh, what's his name? The one who called home? Ken. Ken Norton. Ken. With Ken calling home, you know, the wife's over there telling him like, you know, you're out there with the boys running around, you know, probably snoring, you know, whatever, you know, running around. <laughs> and, you know, whatever, he's going to be like, no, I'm in, I'm in North Korea. That's, <laughs> when, that's, when the, that's when the call gets, you know, cut off and it's like, well, now you're in deeper shit, you know. I'd rather die in North Korea than die at home. <laughs> like, especially now, because now the wife's yeah. thinking that I hung up the because that wife's thinking I hung up the phone. Yeah. So, when I, so if I do come, so if I do come, if I do come on down, like dude, like I, like, I don't want to get off the plane. She thinks I hung up on her. Like I just go back to North Korea. Send him back. Take his chance in the like, dungeon. Yeah, exactly. Like because what she gonna do to me? Yeah. So, so, speaking of um, the Vice, Dark Side of the Ring, they did one on New Jack. Yeah. New Jack. New Jack. He was a w- or ECW, ECW guy. Did he? Yeah, he killed a guy in the ring? Or no, um, almost. He almost killed him. He got transported to the hospital. He died at the hospital. Yeah. So, he didn't kill him in the ring. But it was... Yeah, and that was... There was affair. a lot of crazy stuff around that. Like, the kid shouldn't have been in the ring. He, he he said he but, was trained by someone whenever yeah, he wasn't, and he, that guy usually was showing up at the shows, and he that's the one day he didn't show up to the show. Be like, yep, that's my guy. But um, the reason I bring him up is one that's that's another good episode. I, like I can't recommend that series enough. Yeah. But New Jack passed away. How old was he? Fifty eight. Okay. Now he was another one of those guys who lived hard, mm-hmm. lived the gimmick. He was a hardcore kind of legend. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, much like everybody in ECW was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would not be surprised. Is Sabu still alive? I, I, I think he is, going. but I wouldn't be surprised if he died oh, soon. <laughs> Those guys just abused themselves so much. That, like, yeah. No, I'm not saying I hope he does. No, I'm no, just yeah, saying yeah, I wouldn't be surprised the, the to find that out they he did. already incurred, you know, like yeah. Mick Foley jumping off the, you know, getting tossed off the hill in a cell, that... Alone, you know, like that was that was every week in ECW. Yeah. Like they would have, they would have scaffolding and like the real ECW, not the one that Bobby Lashley won the last championship for. And like, and like, like the thing no, with Jack. real ECW was hardcore. Yeah, I remember. I remember because um, <laughs> I, I had a feeling that it was watered down from the you know when WWE went ahead and they. I purchased them, you know, when they were purchasing WCW. And even WCW and NWA was watered down from, because I remember the scaffolding match that was in NWA, and Road Warriors were a part of that one. I remember that. Jim Cornette ends up falling and blows out both of his knees, you know, from the from the top of the scaffold. He was the one that fell. The other two guys didn't fall. Just Jim Cornette. You know, like him and his tennis racket. I think everybody else was like, well, I'm not falling out. <laughs> yeah, I'm climbing down. You know what I mean? No, like, seriously, the, the, the scaffolding match made um, Hell in a Cell look like Disneyland. <laughs> like this, in terms of danger, yeah. I mean, because there really wasn't anything on either side. If you fell off, yeah. if you fell off wrong, that was it. Yeah. You know, so, like... And that that had to be that was definitely before they started putting probably more regulations and everything. OSHA wasn't as serious as it is now. <laughs> I want you to safe and healthy. And it's still like, yeah, we did that. But I will say one other thing before we go all goes too far away from North Korea. And the funny story about that 
was the fact that Chris Benoit was amongst that group. Yeah. As crazy as Chris Benoit would we would come to know him to be. Yeah. The fact that he was the same him he he was the same one. Trying to calm every Scorpio, <laughs> Norton in the bus. Uh, well, well, but think of the list of people you're naming off. Yeah. Like like what did Eric Bischoff just like line up the craziest people in wrestling he could find? I feel like it would take that. To make that trip to North well, Korea. Well, and, like, Hulk Hogan definitely said no because it's like, well, if, I don't know, if they scan my passport or something, you know, that's going to cause some trouble. You know, you well, never know. But. Well, and when your theme song is Real American, maybe you don't go to... <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Like, how are you going to play that when you go to the arena? I am a real American. Am a and all of a sudden a, a rifle rings out and there's Hogan laying on the ramp. See, but here's the thing, though. But the, the, Bischoff didn't even did, didn't did not ask the franchise Sting to go mm-hmm. over to that. Which now I, was uh, that still early um, Sting? Though. That was still face paint or not like Col- colorful Sting? Yeah, that was colorful Sting. Was yeah. Colorful sting. <clears throat> so he was one of the again one of those all American guys. Um, was Luger in WCW at that yes, time? He was. Yeah, so yeah, you couldn't take him. You couldn't take anybody who was two star stars and stripes. So like he, Flair was just the default. Well, I mean, he was the dirtiest player in the game. You know, he could he sell. Was, he could he was going to say whatever yeah. he needed to do to get heat. Hulk Hogan, you know, I, Hulk, Hulk Hogan was protecting Hulk Hogan sell and to Antonio. You know, a knock no. at the end. Will, will he take the fall, or will he be like, "I'm firing out of this one, brother"? Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Flair was like, "Well, if I'm he gonna did, go, he just started." Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like booing him and throwing stuff really in the ring, and <laughs> yeah, what it, it's. I mean, at that point, it's like you know what what talent is actually willing to do the job at the end of the day, you know, and maybe Hulk Hogan knew like, well, if I'm going to somewhere foreign. That eventually will probably entail me doing a job to somebody, you know, and like that in the record books would be. And the Hulkster's not going to job out in North Korea, yeah. brother. Exactly. But, but, but it's the thing, though. I think I think Sting would have jobbed out. Yeah, Sting would have. Sting was a, a, a franchise player, a company guy. <clears throat> like he was going to do what was needed for that show to work. Mm-hmm. But Flair, I mean, God, nobody could get heat like Flair. Like it's the. Like, it makes all the sense in the world. that There's a reason Flair is the greatest. He's the GOAT. And although, unfortunately, Ric Flair does call uh, Shawn Michaels uh, the greatest of all time in the Shawn Michaels A&E biography. I mean, that's, I mean, and and there's certainly a case. There is, there is a case for that. Yeah. Uh, but but then they also delivered, because I had no idea how big Antonio Inoki actually was. Politician. And, but yeah, but, they, but, but even like... Uh, Bishop had said that he was Bishop and Norton both said that he was Hogan times two, yeah, like, in Japan. Yeah, like you know, he was just like that dude. I'm like, wow, okay, no clue. Uh, did he come? He came over here and then had some had some career success over here too, didn't he? With WCW, and it would have it would have been NWA back Probably then. NWA, oh. yeah. But you know, I was I was I was surprised. You know the. Because they didn't talk about the Japanese wrestlers, and I would wonder if the great was the great Muda was a part of that delegation. Because over there, outside of Antonio, Great Muda was the dupe. Like we all knew that. Well, and I'm honestly I'm surprised they got any Japanese wrestlers in. They had because of they had that like three of them in. political climate. Mm-hmm. Like 
Japan is the one that occupies that is under direct threat for any North Korean shenanigans. Yeah. Besides South Korea, obviously. Yeah. But you know the next the next move after South Korea is Japan. Mm-hmm. Like you know. Even now, when North Korea tests nukes, they drop them into the Sea of Japan. Like <laughs> they talked about it in the in the show, where it's like some of the Japanese guys that were in WCW were like, "Hey, they don't like us over there. They're, they they want to kill us." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the yeah, that was that's such a weird event. And you know, the one thing that uh, Too Cool Scorpio was saying that uh, that he could tell Hulk Hogan, like, "Hey." I drew 300,000 people in two nights back-to-back more than you. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I Never did a WrestleMania. Never did a WrestleMania. <laughs> I drew more people. I, I did want to... We're going we're gonna to move past uh, the Vice stuff. That stuff was great. It's yeah. great stuff. The um, They know they're getting ready to do a Dark Side of the NFL, right? Dark Side of Football? Oh, I can't wait for that. They're going to do an episode on a Bill Belichick. So, Dark Side of the NFL on Bill Belichick? Is that what they're starting out with? Yeah, that's what they're going to start out with. That's fantastic. I'm I, not sure if they're starting out. They already have a couple episodes out that I've seen. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but that's I'll have to look for ones. it. Um, I would be surprised if they would get anything out of Bill Belichick. So well, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, a lot like, of people hate him, though. Yeah. So, a lot of people are willing to talk, you know, especially former players once you get cut or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can say whatever you want yeah, to say. You can, but yeah. at that point, it's like scorn people talking. So I mean, but that's what most stuff are. It's sour grapes, yeah. right? Like it's like, wait, is that really true? Or <laughs> you know, hopefully they seem to have done such a good job with these documentaries with the with the wrestling ones that I'm sure there's some fact checking going on. And if not, maybe they just want the controversy. I mean, it works for the wrestling ones, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and like Dark Side of the Ring, whenever they were trying to get a. Uh, contracted by networks you know there's nobody wanted to bite on them and right now they're in starting their third season and now it's like dark side of the ring a and e's doing a couple of shows off of wrestling too they're doing yeah. biographies and they're doing this most wanted treasures have you seen yes yeah, for, for the undertaker they're trying to yeah. find that the let the there was the transitional urn when he, he was betrayed yes. by paul bearer oh and, yes. and they're gonna find it and then when they found it at of all places at the actual funeral home and um and, and Paul Bearer had actually given it to the guy, um, not the owner of the funeral home, but I guess the guy was a yeah. friend of Paul's. Yeah. And they had put that on the glass case, part of the their little Hall of Fame when it was out of there. Huh. Dude did not want to part with it. It was like emotional type of thing. Yeah. But WWE, you know, made it right and says, like, we'll give you some of these other merch that we got. <laughs> they added enough zeros to the end of the check. Probably. I mean, they, they, they give you a price on... on Move the, the yeah, comma. Yeah, they, they, they give you a price that's like, this is what we paid for. I'm like, I'm pretty sure WWE could, uh, you know, give a couple more thousands here and there for these things that they value so much that they're going right. to eventually open a museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All this stuff is I've heard they're talking about a physical Hall of Fame, yeah. which mm-hmm. would be amazing. Yeah. We have a couple big announcements. We're going to expand the this podcast is none of those things universe a bit. I will be doing a show with Carol called Vastine and Marty. And we're going to be doing that because there's some things that Carol likes to talk about that, you know, Elliot's not into. And what what that will result in is that over the future Over the Fence episodes, after the next one, 
will be crossovers that will get released with both podcasts because we will still be continuing over the fence. I'm going to be producing at least the first episode or two of a whole nother podcast starring our friend Alan. That is me. And some of his friends, if they can show up. Who are uh, <laughs> not dogging, but like the last two times, you know, we, we went to UFC and we kind of got a little more drunk than we planned. So everybody woke up a little hungover the next day. You know, we had to cancel. And uh, this is how you can tell that you guys are like, what, 15 years younger than me yeah, and right? You guys still, you guys still get the job still done a problem. no matter what. And we're over here like, we still got more time. <laughs> That's the difference in generations right there, huh? But, no, it's just a difference of, of age and where you are. Like, Elliot and I aren't waking up Sunday mornings hungover because yeah. we didn't go out and get hammered Saturday night. That is true, that is true, that is true. Yeah. But, yeah, um, we're going to start a, a podcast series, uh, The Fan Lot. That's the title we're going to go with. And, uh, you know, we're talking about sports and events happening around the city. Um, we went to an Astros game a couple weeks back. Uh, it was a firework game. It was... It was raining that whole day, so we were like, oh, they're going to cancel the fireworks. Game ended. The boys won after only getting two hits to ten. That's you know, that's a dreadful. And they opened the, the roof, and they gave us a fireworks show. It was great. And, uh, you know, we went to UFC, like I said a little bit earlier in, in the, the other episode. We had fun there. Um, WWE coming. There's some other events, whether it's like Team Impala. There's going to be a boxing event in June, July. I'm not sure if we're into that one or not. But, you know, there's uh, different subject matters uh, we're going to talk about and should be fun. Excellent. I can't wait to get together with you guys and get this recorded. Um, I think it's going to be a fun addition to the whole shared universe. And, yeah. you know, we'll keep up guest starring stuff on each other's podcasts yeah. and get everybody listening to all the things we have to say. Now, yeah, now it's not none of those things. Now it's a all of those things. Subject matter. <laughs> I, I I thought about calling it the Nunaverse, uh. but then Elliot started talking about like the Flying Nun, and I was like, nope, we're gonna come up with a different name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't need to get old school Sally Field involved. <laughs> <laughs> we can always go Exorcist style. <laughs> well, like yeah, the, that that'd be a great movie too, huh? Yeah. Or exorcism of Emily Rose. Okay. <laughs> you guys will have to have that conversation without me because I don't watch those movies. Oh, no? I do not watch horror movies. Well, there, there's some people who think like you know the the film or whatever can could like get pathways created and whatever. Yeah. So no, the, the, the no, I did read the, the religious book. crowd. Yes. Huh? Yeah. I, I will read horror books. It's it's a weird thing. I hate jump scares. Is oh. quite frankly what it is. Well, at that point, it's like you got to start timing them. You're like, all right, if I'm framing this movie, this is a jump scare right here. You know, it's... I fall for them even if I know they're coming. Well, I know um, I can call them out. Like jump scares coming at like, some point in the next twenty seconds. It doesn't matter. I will have a heart attack every time it happens, and I hate it. There was this one old one, not old one, <laughs> but old older for me. It's like Mama. And it was like back in 2010s or whatever. It's not yeah. that old, but um, yeah, it was like 
this ghost mom that eventually like she chases the children i'm like oh yeah the children are approaching this thing this thing's about to go haywire yeah nothing good can come of this nothing good can come (laughs) of this and surely enough like the back like cracks open like halfway she starts uh crap walking like the fiend and you know it's wild stuff wild stuff so yeah those i don't know i mean a book the way it if it affects you different than a movie. It like, does. It a does. Movie, you're you're in in the the visuals, but in a book, you know, once you start reading and you know you start visualizing stuff in in your brain as you're going through these words, and I don't know. Yeah. It it, it can be very addicting. It's a, a different different uh, form of entertainment, I guess. Yeah, but we yeah. just got through what we went through in 2020. I mean, it. it it is that the, the, there's your jump scare right there. 2020? All the whole year was a whole jump scare. Yeah, you're just waiting for it. Well, come on. The January 6th, we had like a whole bunch of adults like running up on the Capitol with the dude with horns on his head. And like, you know, like all, all we need to do is give him like a horn, like, you know, like that's literally where we are. So, folks. <laughs> Before we get too far off the rails and end up with an hour and a half episode, thank you for listening to this podcast. It's none of those things. When it comes out soon, listen to the fam lot. Like and follow both podcasts on the social medias. And check us out on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and other assorted platforms. As always, If you have a preferred platform and you want us on it, let us know. We'll see if we can make it happen. Thank you again, everybody, and we'll see you next time.